Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Thanks for joining me this week on All About Data, a conversation with chief data officers and the people who are making data work better in government. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data on Federal News Network. My guest today is Farah Khan, Division Director for the Communications, Culture, and Training Team at the Center for Analytics at the State Department. Farah, thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Jory. I'm really happy to be here today. What is a better topic than data science, right? I can't think of a better one. And we have a lot to get into here, particularly this data science hiring effort that's going on at the State Department. This is something that keeps happening at the department. And so I want to understand just what is uh, different and what is similar to previous efforts here. What's going on as far as the State Department trying to bring in new data talent? Thank you, Jory. Well, I mean, the objective of this initiative is the same as it was last year. We want to recruit talented data scientists who want to contribute to diplomacy. So in doing so, you know, we're aiming to promote a data culture and leverage data into department decision making. This year, we held a webinar that was very similar to the one that we had last year. It was a public information session. And we looked at the data. Of course, we're data people, right? We looked at the data for this year's webinar and compared the engagement that we had this year with last year's engagement. And we saw both registration and participation go up by about 36%. So we know from the webinar and from inquiries that we received that there's an increased interest in data scientists and interest in registrants wanting to join the State Department because it's an ideal place to work. And for data scientists who also want to play a role in shaping foreign policy, what better place to do that than the State Department? Okay, excellent. Well, I think if memory serves correct, last time this was a very quick turnaround from the job posting happening and the job announcement closing. So give me a sense of how many hires the State Department is looking to make. I believe that was around 50 last time. Just uh, a little bit of the basic facts of what's going on here. Well, the exact number of positions are sort of fluid. We don't have the exact number right now, um, but what I can tell you is it is in the double digits. We've noticed, again, there's been growing interest in data positions across our bureaus and offices within the department, and so demand for applicants is strong. It will close, though, when we reach either 400 applicants or two weeks. So it's a very short window. We want to make sure people know about it. So we will be like pushing that out. And it could even be shorter than two weeks again, because once we reach our cap of 400 applicants, they will close down the application process. So for anyone interested in contributing to the State Department's mission in the most rewarding and impactful way, please pay attention to usajobs.gov because that is where we will have the announcement. Okay, well, if passes prologue here, we'll be measuring this in a matter of days, not weeks, but uh, yeah, we'll see more to come there. I'm really kind of curious about how the modernization of hiring has been happening with the data efforts at the State Department. You know, we've heard some new tools in the toolbox here. I think hiring certs have been among them. And I think that's a really useful way to ensure that there's a kind of constant pipeline of talent ready, even if during this initial hiring phase, there might not be a position for them. It seems like a good way to keep people on tap if you know positions open up. Can you explain a little bit more for my audience about these hiring certs and how they are a helpful way to uh, ensure that pipeline of in-demand talent. Let me explain a little bit about the hiring process, how it works for this initiative, and then uh, we can talk a little bit about the search. So 
The MSS Center for Analytics is hosting a shared certificate, which means positions are available in bureaus and offices throughout the department. GTM, which is also our, what I like to say, big HR, right, will review the applicants followed by a subject matter experts review. The subject matter experts will review the resumes for specific data science competencies, and this helps the department to hire qualified candidates in a timely and effective manner. This process for hiring data scientists adds a layer of reviews by SMEs, the subject matter experts, and by having the SMEs review those resumes before the certificate is issued, we can ensure that hiring managers are receiving the most highly qualified candidates. Bureaus will then conduct their own interviewing and hiring of candidates. In a typical government hiring process, an applicant self-attests to their qualifications when they apply to the job postings on USA Jobs. Then Human Resources reviews whether they are qualified for the role and determine if they make the hiring certificate. And then they are referred to the hiring manager who may set up a round of interviews before making a selection. So that's sort of how the hiring process works for this initiative. Okay, got it. And you uh, you brought up the, another crucial component of this, which is the subject matter expert qualification assessments. That seems to be a really crucial way to make sure the applicants coming in the door are up to a certain standard that you're getting those subject matter experts who already work for state to kind of vet the candidates, make sure they have the in-demand skills. Um, that seems to be another crucial part of it, as you just said. Yes, absolutely. And it's important because we want to make sure that we get the right talent in the department to do this amazing work that we're doing right across the globe. And so having those subject matter experts review, uh, we are able to sift through the applications and, and get the appropriate people to the right people for interviews or selections. And I just wanted to highlight one other key detail that I think is important for people to understand. It's how the certification helps the department to recruit talent, but also what happens when the application period closes. Well, depending on the needs of our offices and bureaus and hiring managers, the selections can be made from this certification for up to 240 days. Although we expect selections will be made sooner than that, it allows hiring managers the flexibility to hire anytime within that period. Okay, great. And to look at this a little bit broadly, what kind of data skills is the State Department looking for here that can really cover a wide scope of things? And what mission areas within the department are in need of those data skills? We're looking for data scientists with hard skills, such as programming, statistics, communicating both visually and through language, the results of an analysis, engineering skills, and more. You know, we work on real world issues that directly measurably impact the American people. So we want people who want to contribute to a mission that is bigger than themselves. And, you know, we're one of those places to work that does that, right? Like, I mean, you have other companies that have data science roles that focus on data science within the organization, whereas ours is more uh, broader and global. It has been a relatively short period of time that the Center for Analytics has been a going concern, but it has really kind of helped drive a lot of modernization initiatives at the State Department. And so how ultimately does that work out and how does CFA kind of make sure that this data expertise is at hand for a really wide range of missions here? CFA operates as a shared service provider in that we help solve data problems for other areas of the department, domestic and abroad in our overseas missions. You know, we are the department's data management and analytics capability. 
We leverage a highly strategic intake process to determine what analytics projects to work on and where the projects will fit within our queue. And we also prioritize our projects whose value most closely aligns with the department's strategic priorities and furthers its mission. We also prioritize those that show tremendous potential to inform policy decision making and or save department resources. So it's really all about having mission alignment and measuring return on investment and impact. That's really what it comes down to. Thinking back to the hires that the State Department has made recently, where have those hires gone off to do important work? Like what have their functions been since coming aboard at the State Department? We use these skills across the department, right? I mean, the Department of State is highly diverse. We work on projects that range from foreign policy to consular services and anything in between. And we have a lot of data professionals that support every aspect of the department's mission. You know, we have folks that work in the Center for Analytics that help us execute our enterprise data strategy, primarily working on data campaigns and developing and delivering analytics products. I mean, since the launch of the enterprise data strategy, we've surged resources toward mission-themed data campaigns in areas such as strategic competition, multilateralism, and climate. And then in the management theme campaigns, we focused on diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, cybersecurity, and global operations. We've made significant progress in these areas, but our data scientists have also become a force multiplier during crisis in which the department leads. I mean, we've had them help to repatriate U.S. citizens during the onset of the COVID-19 outbreak or provide help supporting the department's Afghanistan task force. And most recently, the Nicaraguan task force, where uh, 222 political prisoners were freed by the Nicaraguan government. You know, our data scientists were heavily involved in that task force as well. So the skills are used, you know, in a variety of ways. We've had data scientists, you know, have been promoted into a bureau chief data officer positions in a couple of bureaus. So it's very diverse. It's, you know, across the department in different uh, shapes and forms. But what I can say is those skills, again, are high in demand and utilize a lot within the department and in different projects and areas. Everything that we're talking about here really has a, a pretty major role, it seems, in Secretary of State Antony Blinken's broader modernization agenda for the State Department and the work of diplomacy that it carries out here. We, of course, have seen that document and seen uh, what the core tenets of that are. But from your perspective on things, how does the Center for Analytics fit into that agenda? You probably heard this before, but I will say it again. You know, data is a key pillar of the Secretary's modernization agenda. The Secretary sees the value in data and knows that it's a critical instrument of diplomacy. In the fall, he came and visited our campus on Navy Hill, and it was supposed to be an hour-long visit that actually went over by 14 minutes. He was extremely engaged, interested in the work that we're doing, um, and he even coined the phrase, what does the data say, hashtag WDDS, while he was here. His agenda calls for our workforce to use data to inform decision-making. Furthermore, the secretary wants analytics insights to be available to the right people at the right time. Just this week on Tuesday, the secretary provided the opening remarks at our data day, um, which celebrated data informed diplomacy and also our award winners from our data for diplomacy awards program. The themes of our data campaigns are the department's top priorities. The Enterprise Data Council selects them for that very reason. Our chief data officer is the chair of the Enterprise Data Council. And putting all of this combined really showcases how this all fits into the secretary's modernization agenda. 
My guest today is Farah Khan, the Division Director for the Communications Culture and Training Team at the State Department's Center for Analytics. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data on Federal News Network. Welcome back to All About Data. My guest today is Farah Khan, the Division Director for the Communications Culture and Training Team at the State Department's Center for Analytics. The Center for Analytics is relatively new as far as the department's uh, history, but this is something that is really maturing and evolving pretty quickly here. To that point, in making sure that people are not just coming in the door with these data skills, but that they stick around for a little bit longer, what steps is the State Department taking to build a career path for these types of data professionals? It's a good question, Jory. I mean, the current data science positions that are about to be advertised are GS-13 level positions. GS-15 positions are available through our recently launched Bureau Chief Data Officer Program. BCDOs, is in short, that's what we like to call them. They work directly under Bureau leadership and in conjunction with the department's chief data officer, and they lead strategic department-wide initiatives and liaise with the Bureau data support teams uh, that make up federal employees and contractors. So I think I mentioned this earlier in the interview, we, we've had a couple of data scientists that have kind of gone into uh, those roles. So there's that path. Um, you know, the, the first cohort, the inaugural cohort um, began, the BCDOs, the first cohort started um, in January. And we have six bureaus that are currently participating in the program. And we do expect that number to increase in the coming months. Um, so we already have a second cohort lined up. I don't want to share the number yet, but we think it's going to be more than um, than that before the year is over. So there's um, that path, right? Also, you know, while we're here, I want to share that, you know, we're building best practices. Um, we're building off of the best practices from the BCDO program. Um, and we recently launched a new program called the Post Data Program. By the way, this is the first time we're announcing it, so we're sharing that with you in March of this year. And the Post Data Program establishes a framework to cultivate a culture of data at our overseas missions. So we've got the domestic uh, work that we're doing, but then we also have our um, embassies and consulates overseas. And what it aims to do, what it aims uh, to do is to raise data literacy and data analytics capacity at posts, upskilling our workforce through training and providing consultations on data projects and data landscapes assessments and embedding data science expertise at the post level to ensure there's um, a process in place for continuity and sustainability to address um, post challenges using data analytics. The t my team is closely working with, again, uh, GTM, Big HR, on a data scientist locally employed staff position description. Um, we have a very diverse portfolio of employees overseas, and it makes sense to have a data scientist as part of our workforce overseas as well. So this will aid overseas posts with solving mission challenges using in-house expertise. Um, this is a new position that posts will be able to take advantage of and hire locally um, and help with institutional memory, knowledge, and consistency um, remaining at post. So our data scientists combined with um, you know, the data scientists that we're looking to hire um, overseas or post will be hiring overseas, they'll come together and, you know, work together on um, or collaborate um, in sort of communities of practice to ensure, you know, they're all connected on the type of work that we're doing across the department. And then one thing that I also want to point out with this is, you know, our data scientists um, 
you know, you asked about a career path um, in the department. They are also um, participating in consultative services with our overseas missions. We have one data scientist that is right now overseas um, working with a embassy there on and providing consultations on the best way to utilize data in their operations and, and the way they work on foreign policy. So there's a lot of uh, different opportunities within the department. Um, and, but directly, if, you, if you're looking at an upward growth um, in a data science position, I would say that would be our Bureau Chief Data Officer program right now. But again, a lot of opportunities out there to do other things as well. Got it. And you said this uh, launched back in March. Is there a timeline of when uh, the department will kind of get to this? Um, I don't know if end state's the right way to put it, but this goal of having this data expertise uh, at every post over over uh, overseas. So I should say that this is a pilot program right now. We have um, several missions that are participating in this, in the post data program. The LE data scientist position is a is something that came out of this program that is being handled separately by uh, GTM. Once we have the position description classified and ready to go, it is up to post to decide if they want to hire um, that expertise locally, um, but we will make it available so that each um, post does not have to do it themselves. Got it, got it. And as far as this kind of career path uh, discourse that we're going on here, um, I just wanted to hear a little bit more about that. I know we've had uh, Rachel Wong on the the program here discussing her role over at Diplomatic Security. And I just wanted to hear a little bit more about how other Bureau Chief Data Officers are um, able to kind of further evolve this this world of data for diplomacy? We can't really speak on the work that's happening within the other bureaus. Um, Rachel was able to represent DS and come on and, and speak about that after that was cleared. But what we can say is great work is happening across the bureaus, but it is not appropriate for us to share that. Just one other quick point here on the um, career pathing side of things. You know, we have seen something uh, government-wide that has been very helpful in that regard, and that's the Office of Personnel Management's uh, Data Scientist Job Series on this effort. Um, could you just tell me a little bit more about um, how that has been helpful to, again, make sure that there's a, a career path for data scientists coming into the into the department? Yes, absolutely. Um, so in, in the past, for example, data scientists were classified as program analysts in a 343 sort of series. Um, not sure if you ever heard about that or not. Um, but the Center for Analytics, you know, working with and on behalf of many department partners, helped to craft the position description with um, GTM, um, Big HR, Global Talent Management, to ensure the 1560 data science position captures the skills and duties required for data scientists at the Department of State. And Having this standardized series really helps to uh, identify the skills needed for that position. And uh, I mean, obviously, program analyst is very different than the actual data scientist uh, description. So it kind of clarifies it for applicants as well, because I I would assume, and this is me quoting, that the program analyst doesn't really, when I if you're to look it up on USA Jobs, doesn't really say, oh, this is a data scientist position for someone that's interested in doing that. So attracting the right talent with the right kind of position description is also um, a big deal, and the 1560 does that. Okay, got it. Well, I see we're getting close to time here. So I just wanted to look, uh, as far as the uh, the near-term future here, there's been a lot of initiatives in the works here at the Center for Analytics, but what's uh, over the horizon and what are you guys working on next? Well, I mean, we're continuing to strategically build on the momentum of our progress, um, the strides that we're making uh, evident um, this week in our day-to-day -day 
um, event where our data for diplomacy award winners were honored. I mean, um, just looking at the folks that registered, we had a, a, a quite a number of people registered to watch live and those numbers have just been going up um, since then as people are viewing the video when because they couldn't join us live. I mean, obviously we have a workforce that's global um, and time zones don't permit, you know, in, in, attending live, but the numbers are, are really high and we're excited to see that there's interest in that. Um, another thing is that, you know, the departments, you mentioned the data for diplomacy awards last year. This is the second year that we've had that program. Combined now, we've had about 250 award nominations, which is impressive to have that many award nominations, um, you know, from around the world, um, domestic, overseas. It's great to see um, folks are using innovative ways to address challenges. Um, the award winners themselves use, you know, data and inno innovative ways to address uh, their challenges. And, you know, the projects that were submitted uh, range from using data tools to aid operations in crisis environments to combating transnational crime. I, again, really just impressive uh, good quality data work that um, helps our organization. Um, it was it was just thrilling to learn about all of that good work. Um, more, I, I mean, a, a little bit more. We have internally um, a website where we um, house all of our analytics products um, and and advertise the training resources and data sets data sets available to our employees. And we've seen, um, you know. A 440% increase in just that since uh, day to day. So, uh, having that huge audience kind of watch that event and those that followed on to watch it later uh, by video and still watching also increased, you know, visits to our platform where we have a lot of products that um, they could use and learn from or data sets that they could utilize in their own pro uh, projects and or spur creativity. So, that's happening. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, MSS CFA is going to continue to collaborate with partners from across the department to execute our four main goals, which is one, imbuing a data focused culture, um, establishing data governance, increasing data analytics capability, and then modernizing uh, data technology infrastructure. And then lastly, Joy, you know, my team, the communications culture and training team, rock stars, that's what I like to call them. Um, you know, they've been really ramping up our outreach and engagements and trainings as we strengthen the data culture in the department and strengthen data acumen overall. That was Farah Khan, the division director for the communications culture and training team at the State Department's Center for Analytics. You can find more episodes of All Things Data, as well as more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows.